We are the tide from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and your Vandal affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Hammond, and joining me today, we have the best of all time, Alex, the Boat Boatman, who basically lives in Pittsburgh now, from what I've seen online. Alex, is that true? And how are you? Um, yeah, I did go to Pittsburgh three times last week in like five days, caught the Monday night game, uh, versus the bears, then got club tickets for the pit UNC game Thursday night. It pays off working in the ticket industry and, and knowing people at other schools. So yeah, Yinsburg is just up the road. So I fit in great. Yinsburg. Uh, yeah. how about our, how, how about our little, uh, no, we'll introduce everybody before we do the mountain here in a minute. Uh, you can also tell for those of you watching live. We're joined by King Spud, hanging out in office hours with Brian Marceau. Brian, I don't know if King Spud can talk, but how are you and the King? The King and I are doing just great. And at some point, I will change where my camera is. But I had to give a quick shout-out to UIDaho Library. They We've talked about on the show how UIDaho Library turned the King Spud you know, story into an actual display at the library. Well... They, uh, I talked to the library. They were pretty stoked about you know having the 3D printing, and they promised to make me a King Spud. I, I picked it up at the Long Beach State Idaho basketball game. They were good. It was perfect, man. It's a uh, fun size, you know, not the gigantic sex pre sexual predator potato that we all wish it was. But want to make sure I made a cameo, so I'm doing great. Yeah, that 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 thing is pretty cool. But so for the listeners. Brian's webcam is fixed upon his 3D printed King Spud and not himself. Uh, also, running the show from the shadows, the man who may have to take off early depending on how long we run tonight because he has a costume party where he is missing a Luigi. How are you, <laughs> Producer Dammer? I am not well. Uh, I hate football. I have decided I hate football. And even, even football. Mikhail Antonio scored for Jamaica, which is awesome. Except he did it against America, so just it's not been my it's not been my couple weeks. Hey, the man in the mirror, right? The man in the mirror. I got a real question for you. I see a bunch of boxes behind you. Are you moving out of your office? No, moving in. It's just uh, it's a slow process. It's a very ah, slow process. I keep getting interrupted by Goombas. I just you know boxes and offices. Just, you hear things sometimes. Uh, Anyways, now it's time for your Mountaineer Minute. Alex Boatman, uh, West Virginia Mountaineers. Guys, tough game. Kansas State last Saturday. We, we kicked off at noon Eastern. So uh, we had the ball first first drive, and we're literally moving the ball in the field. Throw it on a slant. Receiver break, was going to probably break it for 40 yards. Goes through his hands off his face mask. Safety picks it off behind him. Nothing was great after that. We give up a blocked punt. It was terrible, like not great. We're four and six. We got Texas, Horns Don coming in this weekend. Jeff Choate sighting. I'll be within like 100 feet of Jeff Choate. So Choate Menem. Exactly. Um, 
So, I mean, they're four and six as well. They haven't won a game since October 2nd. Um, Even I don't. So, we're, we're exactly. So, Texas is sliding terribly. Uh, yeah. So, we got a chance, but basketball did tip off. Um, BPI puts us the 25th best team in the country, according to ESPN. Um, so that's great. Idaho's 341 for perspective. Um, but we did play Pitt on Friday. 14,000 people in the Coliseum is looking great. So catch the Mountaineers uh, on ESPN this weekend in the Charleston Classic first versus Elon. And then maybe we'll see after that. They might play Boise State in the championship. So Boise State's in the same tournament. So if you want to find a reason to root against the Broncos, hop on board with my Mountaineers. Do people need a reason to root against the Broncos? Is that is that where we're at in Vandal? I don't know, that Chris. You always want to so hire bad. a Bronco to be your head coach. I think you might be a closet Boise State fan. Round the bar brought to you by Hughes <laughs> River Expeditions. Uh, game details kicking off noon Pacific time, 1 p.m. Mountain time in poke a hellhole on espn plus it's hate week or i don't know we got a name for this i think i saw we're having a food fight but it's a canned food drive hey i think you hey effort for or a for effort like the universities are really trying to make this a thing um but yeah we got isu this weekend we're gonna get into who isu is and everything like that but real quick i just have a question i'm pulling the first tap uh benefit of being the i don't know i don't know if it's, first part keep on on is uh what do you guys feel about the university move and as from what we've been told is permanently moving forward we're in pocatello again next year but uh idaho versus idaho state being the last game of the year every year brian it's hard to answer that without talking about the big sky ramifications because part of the ramifications is Relates to Montana not being a protected rival, but in yeah, one throw, sense, that, throw that aspect out. Let's pretend, you know, let's pretend we get to a round robin station and we play everybody every year. Montana obviously is going to be off the table at the end of the year every year. Does this make sense? Because I think we all agree it is not worth trading in Montana. Is that a group thumbs up? Yeah. So under the circumstance that maybe we lose a couple teams. And we play everybody every year. Idaho State, last game of the year. This is this a pro or does this feel forced? Mostly pro. The reason I have an asterisk at all is it's it's the same weekend as Cat Grizz, which monopolizes the Big Sky Media, Big Sky Energy last week of the season. But it's set with rivalry the same way. You know, the Causeway Classic, Sacramento State, UC Davis is last week of the season. It fits with that, the former most heated rival that we will certainly get to talk about, Eastern Washington and top five, Portland State. Damn cup, that's last week of the season. So thematically, it certainly fits. So I guess I'm not like I'm not completely out on it. I think if the if Idaho and Idaho State won eyeballs on this, week one would be a better week than the last week of the season. But I'm okay with it. Yeah. Uh, Boatman? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it's great. I mean, if you look at college football as a whole, generally the last week of the regular season is when a lot of the, the biggest um, conference rivalries get played, even out of conference rivalries, right? Like the one that comes to mind, Michigan, Ohio State still play on the last weekend of the year. However, every other team who's rivals with each other, right? Like Wisconsin, Minnesota still play each other that week. Um Iowa, Purdue, I mean, uh, Indiana, Purdue. So, I mean, 
you have instances, right, where this isn't just like a one-off and where Montana and Montana State, yeah, the Ohio State, sure. Yeah, um, this isn't a one-off thing, right, where sure, Montana, Montana State are going to monopolize. They monopolize media even when they're not playing each other. And this is an Idaho thing. And honestly, I don't think too many Idahoans really give a crap about Montana, Montana State for the most part. Like, I mean, for the, I mean, people who follow the Big Sky do, but this game wouldn't receive a bunch of Big Sky press anyway, even if it wasn't on the last week of the year. Because you know why? Both teams suck. So as long as both teams suck, no one's going to care. And even if one team's good and one team sucks, no one's going to care. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm referring to Idaho State as University of Idaho Southern Branch for the rest of the week because that's who they are and that's how they were founded. Um, so the University of Idaho Southern Branch, um, you know, yeah, we're going to kick the crap out of them this week. Um, but I, I think it's going to be at the end of the year. It's kind of – it sets it in stone, right? It's like, hey, we play each other at the end of the year. And honestly, like I would rather – I hate Idaho State more than I hate Eastern Washington. Just a, just a thing. And most of the guys on our team um, – might as well. Sorry, I thought I was going to sneeze, and I accidentally muted Boatman and not Way to me. Go. And, Way then to I go. Didn't, and then I didn't even sneeze. Wild. Uh, Hashtag producing in public. God. <laughs> Dallas Hammer, what are your ruining my take? University. So you, I didn't even notice you would notice, but I am about to piss off the maybe three Portland State fans in existence. Um. I would love to see Portland State leave this conference, and I would love to see this be Idaho Eastern as the final game each week because I still dream of a future where Idaho doesn't suck ass at sports outside of you know the women's basketball and some of the non-money big-time sports. And if that's ever going to happen, I would love to see Idaho Eastern because I feel like that game could mean, mean something at some point. Like Boatman said, Idaho, Idaho State is never going to amount to anything. Idaho State's going to suck. They always suck. They will continue to suck for years. Idaho at least has a chance of turning things around. Hopefully within a week or two, we'll start seeing things change. But who knows? Uh, I would love to see Idaho Eastern. But we're not going to get that. So uh, we might as well make it Idaho State and do the in-state rivalry that should be named King Spud and Instead, it's the ICCU Battle of the Domes, which has gotten maybe four people excited, and they all work for ICCU. So, hey, hey, no knows, ICCU but... slander on this podcast. We can't afford any. <laughs> they give us ten million dollars for the crown jewel of our university right now. I will have that is true. Them. Hey, Chris, it's different. Okay, you don't count. <laughs> I was slandering them on Chris's behalf. That's what I was. Thank doing. you, thank you, Dallas. Uh, but my my take on this to Dallas, just to counteract Dallas's, like, because uh, I think you brought up some good points, but to counter your points, one, I don't want to play Eastern every other year, end of November in Cheney. That sounds miserable. <laughs> I live uh, in Spokane, so it's like, eh, you know. <laughs> true. Uh, other thing, out of every rival we named, we're the only Wazoo has not won a national championship. Idaho and Wazoo, like Boise State's won. Idaho State's won a national title. And Eastern's won a national title. And Montana had. Like, like wow, I just ruined some worlds for Vandal fans. All of our come, rivals have come won see our, Come us. see our boxing. Come see our but boxing they, national titles, and then we'll talk, fact. all right? 
That fact. But that hit me when you were talking about like Idaho State has always sucked. I'm like, didn't they win a national title in like the 80s? But that just made me sad to realize that we all too long ago. No one cares. Agreed. And I think you're right. Uh that they don't appear to be turning any corners anytime soon. However, I am on the unpopular opinion that Eastern might be turning a similar corner uh here soon. But time will tell on that. I have tons of time that egg on my face. But uh, all in all, I think it's a good thing. I think Boatman hit a point that I'd never thought about because I've always been comparing this to the, I thought it was the only dumb thing about it as somebody who wrote, we should play them in week zero is like, it's the same week as brawl of the wild every single year. But like Boatman said, as a big football fan and as somebody who's been going to the brawl of the wild watch parties in Seattle before we were in the big sky since 2015. And I went to a couple of them here in Boise in 2013 and 14 at Perea. So like I've, watched the brawl for seven years now. I usually have to explain to the people I'm bringing to that are Idahoans why it's important and who these teams are. And so I guess I never thought of at that point that you're right, that most Idahoans, even Vandal fans, because of the way we haven't really engaged the fan base since coming back, give zero shits about Montana, Montana state. So I think you're right on that aspect in terms of as long as we're aware of that factor, that you're never going to beat them in the big sky atmosphere. But as terms of state, more Idahoans will be tuning into Idaho, Idaho State than they will be the Brawl of the Wild. And uh, I just ha- I've never thought of it from that perspective. You're right. Like, if this is a yeah. thing for Idaho, the governor's behind it. ICCU pumps money into it. Like, at the end of the day, as long as the schools are okay, never trying to compete with them, you're right. This yeah. is probably number three. I mean, I think the Causeway Classic's even more appealing than this game. But once again, if you don't know what the Brawl of the Wild is, sure as hell don't know what the Cosway classic is right i mean i mean so. like most i mean for both schools most of our alumni live in the boys live within the state still right like idaho university of idaho has a massive alumni population of state idaho state people travel as well they have no idea what the two teams records are and there will be people yeah but i'm saying like i mean yeah. most people who go to u of i or idaho state like predominantly stay within the state so that's what matters it's it's and this was idaho states when we went there in 20 18. So the last year we went there as a full stadium. This was Idaho State's biggest game in 15 years, attendance wise. I have nightmares about this game. However, hey, you guys stunk. Don't want to talk about it. Okay. What Eric <laughs> Berrier did to us originally happened um, with Mike Dean at receiver for Idaho State in 2018. People forget. Thank God. Um, God, that game well, was brutal. <laughs> uh, but that's what's the way. Are you sure people forget that? Just forget about that, Alex, because uh, I, I can tell do. you, I, I know exactly where I was watching that game. So, I know exactly where I was too, Brian. I was on the I was on the turf floor of Holt Arena. It was not my favorite place. Let me tell you. At least we flew there. Um, what was there? How many passing yards? Who was the quarterback then? Was that uh, Goer? Yeah. All right, how many passing yards did he have? Find find that for me, Dallas, real quick. Was it producing live? 492. 492. Eight yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, that was a game. Mike Dean, let me tell you. Don't forget that. Um, but this is this is Idaho State's biggest game. Like, this is their biggest game. And honestly, our last well-attended game I think we've had is when we hosted Idaho State for homecoming in 2019. Like, that was our probably best-attended game in our past. So – I think we're starting to see this game gain some traction. We had more attendance. This game draws more people than Eastern does. So, yeah, and my like, I, that's why this game is more important to me as an Idahoan, um, and for the state and for the future of Idaho. Like, it's the two state universities want to play each other. Sorry, Boise State, you hate everyone. Yeah, I think you're right. 
Like well, I haven't thought about that either. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Brian. So I'm sure Dallas wants to touch another on that point too. too. Which I mean, you guys told me on being more excited about this to close out the year because in my head, I grew up in a Big Sky family. So Cat Grizz being a big deal is not news to me. But you're right. If you're yeah. not a Montana Montana State person, even though Big Sky media, it's a big deal or a diehard Big not. Sky. Like yeah. I, I followed it and not never thought we'd ever be rejoining the Big Sky. But I love football, yeah. and I'm a region. I I knew about that game and I knew it was its importance. But now obviously everybody's not us, or they'd have a podcast talking about it. A three and six yeah. football team. Well, I think it'll take almost no effort for Idaho, Idaho State, if it's last game of the year schedule, to become a bigger deal than the Causeway Classic because we've already seen evidence when Idaho State was pretty. The, Idaho State had a solid season in 2018. Their fringe playoff, they just missed it. Their the, the enthusiasm to play Idaho was off the charts relative to an Idaho State fan base. For Idaho, honestly, I think we get a we get a winning season in. And the energy is going to be slamming back up for some of the games like Idaho State and Sacramento State. I hate to say this to like put down the program because I don't like talking about situations that aren't going to improve for schools. Sacramento State's on the cusp of winning their second consecutive Big Sky Championship in a season they've played in, and they just don't get fan support. They're just not going to. There's nothing they can do about it. It's part of being a, yeah, it's part of being a commuter school. But as far as the game becoming a big deal. All Idaho, Idaho State need to do is not be the battle of who's going to finish second or third to last for this to be something that matters. I mean, imagine this game with playoff implications then the year. That could be a pretty dang big deal. Yeah, And I think we kind of hit the nail on the head there. Like, I would wager more people show up to Pocatello than showed up to Cheney, Washington. I think that game sells out. And once again, you're talking about a Cheney fan base that has national title champ or title appearance in last three years is competing in the big sky was ranked. And like, even though they were ranked playing quasi arrival, someone they're also trying to push to be a rival that attendance was pathetic in Cheney. And I bet you Pocatello matches it. And we're talking about a fan base that has one win just lost to the joke of this podcast all season. Cal Poly. Like th there is no reason for there to be attendance at this game. Zero reason. There's no reason for vandals who live in Moscow or Boise or Coeur d'Alene, Spokane, Coeur like, to drive to Pocatello and there's not a lot of reason for Bengals fans to show up, but to prove mm -hmm. what a rivalry in state can do. I, I would wager a lot that the attendance number is bigger than Eastern Washington. I mean, this game is closer for people who live in the Boise Valley, like yourself, Chris, to go to, than go to Moscow. It's a freeway drive. It's Meanwhile, four I'm hours. going to Moscow this weekend. instead of <laughs> Right. Pocatello. But this is a four hour <laughs> drive that versus a five and a half up the goat trail. Right. Like, yeah. And so like this, like a large portion of our alumni live in Southern Idaho, whether it's the Treasure Valley, the Magic Valley, or over in Eastern Idaho. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we just have a lot. I think when I was there in 2018, we had more fans there that year than we did at Eastern. That's just kind of, I think, the nature the yeah. nature of it. It's so. just an easy, it's all interstate and Boise yeah. people. That, that's why Boise State was so popular, was it was an easy mm -hmm. drive. And yeah. I think that's it. All right, I just got the the nod from Dallas. We're 20 minutes in, and we have yet to actually cover the game, but the importance of it. Dallas, we filibustered you matters. a bit, and you gave us the reminder to get back on track. So I'll give you the last track turn to transition it. Closing points on the game being end of the year, and then why don't you roll us into the first tap? I mean, it it does make sense to have this as the last game. Like like you were saying, Chris, if you're a big football fan, you know that the big rivalry is virtually always the last week of the season. Um, even people that don't really care about football know like the apple cup is always the last week of the season. Like it's just, it is what it is. So while 
I might not feel the passion that maybe Boltman does against Idaho State. I just have a weird neutral hatred of them from growing up close to that area. It Hopefully, like Brian's saying, hopefully we'll have playoff implications tied to this game. And then it will be something that people really will care about. I just don't, I don't know if it's a huge thing right now, but casually it, it probably is. It's just to the hardcores like us. It, it just doesn't quite feel like that. So I do want to transition. Like you said, we are at 20 minutes in and haven't even talked about this game. Is this now, is this the battle for potentially the worst team in the conference? I know that Idaho's beaten Southern Utah. No. But if Idaho State beats Idaho, do we have that weird talk of, well, there's this weird circle of teams beating each other? Somehow that Portland State win might have saved us. If in my opinion, like one, Idaho's won three conference games, I believe. We still have Southern Utah, who probably is two, two. We won two conference games. So even if we lose this. There's no way Southern Utah can pass us. They have zero. Cal Poly has one, and are they, I don't think they're playing this week. Or some some teams not playing. I think because the way the conference is, there's thirteen. Southern teams. Utah, Southern Utah is on the shelf. Cal Poly's playing. Okay, so Southern Utah's officially toasted. They cannot win a game. They're done, dusted, zero wins. Weber State sent them out of the conference. That makes that victory so much cooler that they went out on like a sixty-two-zero loss to a team that has zero offense. Oh my goodness. Anyways, Cal Poly, I guess, has a chance to tie us. Idaho State has a chance to tie us. So either way, it's one of those things where Southern Utah is so bad that unfortunately we have a chance for Idaho to fall. I think right now Idaho, you would peg as that bottom tier of the average teams. Like we talked about, like NAU is kind of the measuring stick. I'd say Portland State is that step above them. Like they are good, but not playoff good. They were getting some looks at top 25 votes like two weeks ago last week. So I think you go like Portland State, you go NAU is the measuring stick, and I go Idaho is kind of like that last place. Like if you are worse than Idaho, you're bad. Idaho is like the worst middle-tier team. And then I'd say everybody below us, so Idaho State, Cal Poly, Northern Colorado, uh, Southern Utah are bad. So I think even if Idaho State beats us, which – History has shown they very well could. Um, I don't think it changes my opinion on what Idaho is this season. I think we very well know that Idaho is the worst of the medium teams. Uh, Dallas. Or no, sorry. Boatman. Is that our order? Brian. Brian. Fourth time to charm. Third time yeah. to charm. <laughs> That's okay. Shoot long enough with four hosts, you'll, you'll land on the right one. Yeah. Shotgun so, approach. <laughs> look, I, I think the battle for worst in the league was le- this last week when Cal Poly beat Idaho State 32-29 to and needed to punt off an Idaho State player's helmet uh, to, get that last, to get that last point. And I don't think it's possible for Idaho, Idaho State to have a like, more tragic conclusion for one of the teams than what we saw Idaho State and Cal Poly. But, I mean, a loss here for Idaho. Idaho State has one win the entire season. So it would be catastrophic for if you're a Vandal and you want to say like what Chris said, which is something most of us believe, which is that Idaho is not a bottom tier team. We're underperforming. Uh, we certainly shouldn't be called a good team, but we're not a bottom tier team. If we lose to Idaho State, that's a shot at people like us. In that Idaho State, they're on their third string quarterback, Sagan Gronauer, doesn't look particularly great. Uh, he's replacing 
good Lord, I want to say Hayden Hatton, but obviously it's not Hayden Hatton. Uh, Hunter Hayes is the Idaho State second-string quarterback that Gronauer is replacing. Uh, Hayes was terrible throughout this year. If Idaho can't beat that team, that, that's a pretty rough shot for us. But, no, I wouldn't call this the bot, like a battle for like last place. Southern Utah leaves with no wins. We've all said Southern Utah was frisky and that they stay, they still try hard even though they, they lose all the time. But Southern Utah wheels fell off against Weber State. They've got a death grip on worst in league to me. Even though Cal Poly on paper is worse, worse uh, Southern Utah, they fired their coach, Demario Warren. So, no, dude, the, Southern Utah's got that. Mid-season? Idaho can't afford that. You can do that? Well, their season's over, though, because they're That's on. True. They have that perfect bye week to close the season out, Chris. <laughs> so you're right. Like it is during season, people allegedly can. But uh, yeah, breaking news, guys. Southern Utah, not only they're actually thematically doing it right, leaving the conference so they can say new conference, new era. Yep. That, and but just a reminder to back your point. Idaho State has one conference win, and it is against top twenty-five UC Davis. Which then it brings a whole lot of questions to UC Davis when two of their closest wins are Idaho and a lost Idaho State. Like, maybe UC Davis not that good. Anyways, uh, Boatman, now it is your turn. I apologize. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, this isn't about for the worst in the conference. I think Brian kind of covered that. I mean, I, this, is a, this is a struggling team in Idaho State. Um, talk, we, we talk about potential coaching changes happening in the conference over the course of this last week and this week. I think Idaho State's one of them. Um, I think Rob Fennessey's on his way out. You've, he's kind of started saying things that normally guys who don't care about their job status would say. Um, so that's kind of my, my thought uh, on what's happening there. Um, sorry, guys. Got like a slip or something. That was weird. Um, yeah, it's just they're not good. Like they are not good like at all. But that's not going to stop Idaho from maybe playing down to, their, down to their level or just not showing up at all. Who knows? This game gets weird every year. Um, this was a game last year or the spring in, in the Holt Arena that Idaho literally just did not want to try to win whatsoever. <laughs> they came up to four weeks. We'll see. I'm going to go on the uh, disabled list. Um, yeah, so I don't know. They're just not very good. We're slightly better than not very good. Um, by just being not good. That's my take. Uh, Dallas, close out your tap. So the reason I asked is just because it feels to me like this Idaho team is obviously, uh, it has gone essentially nowhere. Um, after the victory against SUU, that, I mean, realistically, the conference season since the second half of Portland State has been a disaster. So that's the reason I, I asked, because it feels like both of these teams are trash. I don't even think about Southern Utah anymore. To me, they're out of the conference. So in my head, I was thinking Cal Poly, who just beat ISU, NOCO, who is terrible, and then Idaho, who is either the worst mediocre team or the best terrible team. And that's a very thin line that they're trying to ride there. Um, I think, you know, each team's obviously pretty hurt. Uh, each team's down to their third string quarterback. I'm just trying to think of a way to convince myself this is not going to be an ugly shit stain. Uh, yeah. I hope I hope this offense goes out and Zach Borish goes and puts up 50 points on, on this team, but I, 
I've we've watched Paul Petrino on the road before. We know that's not going to happen. I'm trying to talk myself into being negatively excited about this game. So it is that's where I was coming from. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. We we can score 50 points on the road. This has this could be NAU 2019 all over again. True. We are very down on that team. It could be just a very drunk game that has no defense. Who knows? I'm not gonna guess. Well, and, I will later. And there might be some people coaching for jobs on both sides of the ball. So exactly. it is kind of a whole hold nothing back kind of game. It is funny you mentioned Northern Colorado is trash yet. They're technically tied with us in the conference for D1 wins and conference wins. So maybe I have that backwards in Northern Colorado. If you look at the preseason episode, when we ranked strength of schedule, Northern Colorado had the second toughest strength of schedule. Idaho had somewhere in the middle. So you could say Northern Colorado has done more with a tougher battle than Idaho. So maybe we deserve to take a nod back, and maybe Northern Colorado is the best medium team or worst medium team, and Idaho is the best bad team. Anyways, uh, next tap, Mr. Marceau. Well, just want to talk about the, the game dynamic in general. You know, we already covered Idaho State. One and nine overall, one and six in conference, one win. This is a matchup that in theory, if Idaho was not one and 13 in Big Sky Road games since dropping down to the Big Sky, this would be a matchup we would all be saying, okay, this Idaho's got a chance. Idaho State is, no, they, do, they neither score nor defend very well. They have the 10th worst scoring offense. They score 18.6 per game. That's in conference. They allow uh, 31 points per game. Both of those are 10th worst. Idaho, I've hammered this a thousand times that Idaho has the most preposterously bad pass defense we're, we're almost ever going to see. Well, Idaho State's not set up to take advantage of that. We already I went over their quarterback situation, but on the season, Idaho State's completing just 54% of their passes for nine touchdowns and nine interceptions, but also because of injuries, Idaho State doesn't have a single running back in the Big Sky's top 25 for total yards or yards per game. So if this were anything, but if this were non Idaho team that we're so used to face planting on the road, this is a matchup we should be we should be licking our chops over. This isn't a team that's set up to exploit the ways that we're not particularly strong. So the question would be, if Idaho's going to lose, how the heck do we how do we find a way to lose this game? And I know after seeing Idaho State versus Cal Poly last week, I'm certainly not feeling worse about Idaho traveling to Pocatello. Yeah, um, how do we lose this game? Um, we come out completely flat. Um, we don't care because it's the last game of the year. It's a, a Saturday before everyone gets to go home for Thanksgiving break. Um, and then also we just actually make Idaho State's pass offense look good. That's how, that's how we lose this game. Um, I mean, this seems like it could be like like on paper, this is like the matchup in, in Idaho's heaven, right? Like this is what you want, a, a bad pass offense no no rushing attack and a subpar defense we should be going great this is this is an easy one especially after who we just played last week right um you don't care how many guys are hurt from montana state idaho's also hurt down our third string quarterback and we still you know held our own we should you know had a great game overall um so how do we lose this just don't show up no one gets off the plane in pocatello and um we don't want to play the game like that's that's what can happen in these last games of the year, especially it's a 
It's a noon Pacific kick. It's kind of early-ish. You can't tell what time of day it is when you go inside the hellhole that is Holt Arena, the Holt Arena hellhole, as I like to call it. Um, it's so it, it's really it's really a oh boy, Nick. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, I mean we we can still find a way to lose. I mean, I just hope we don't. Dallas. Boy. Um, you know how your parents used to say things like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's kind of what I'm thinking right here. So I think I might just pass it to you, Chris. You are on a show where the whole point is to talk and you're not going to talk. To be I fair, just, man, I, it's producer Dammer. Dallas, I was literally going to say I'm going to yield my time to anybody that wants more. I have nothing to add. <laughs> I, I, you and I are on the same is, wavelength. <laughs> it's just a, it's when you a game I just I don't promise. care about at this point. Like, uh, it, Let me just pull the next tap here. Let's just get this ball. Like, no, dude, yeah. the, I, there's other dynamics to talk about, though, to me they are interesting. Like, I, yield, one, I yield my time. Okay, one, this is probably – I think this is probably like the last start – we're going to see uh, Zach Borish at quarterback. This is going to be his first start against a non-top team in the spring. It was Eastern. That was his one full start this season. He started last week at Montana state who on paper is the best team we played the entire season. Both times he didn't have much prep this time. It's the whole week that it's understood. He's the dude starting. I know. I certainly Brian, hope. Brian, are you forgetting about top tier Simon Frazier? He was the starting quarterback oh, for the love for of Simon God. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yes. Yeah, dude, Paul caught us all off guard, throws Zach out for like a play. And then, but anyway, let me re- let me restate it. This is his game. There's not another quarterback who's going to be taking snaps, likely. It's it's boorish, and that's it. I'm hoping with a week prep, we we take advantage of his strengths and we don't throw all these bombs. We get a lot more short passes. We get pass. We get plays that develop a lot more quickly. We honestly, I'm hope. I hope to see a handful of the plays we used to see for so many damn years from Mason, where he's rolling to the right, has a has a short pass, short pass across the middle. That I think is more in line with the strengths of Zach Borish, uh, not airing it out the way uh, when he aired it out. That's that's when we started to see the the potential picks at the end of the game last week. He's also in a dome, so weather's not an issue. I think I think it'll be interesting to see how he looks. I also think this is the end of like a mini era, as in this season's over. Boris probably doesn't start again. So I want to see how that looks. It's an interesting story. As a backup, he plays pretty dang hard, pretty dang valiant. We're glad that he's he's seen the field. But this is probably it, guys. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it is. uh, This is the end of of the Boris experiment, maybe a quarterback. Who knows? Uh, who knows what will happen come fall of 2022. I guess, I guess because Brian and Chris or Brian, not Brian, Dallas and Chris yield their time. I'll just pull the next tap. We just talk about why Idaho is going to lose or can lose. Let's talk about keys of the game that can make Idaho win. Um, I guess I'll start it off here real quick before I throw it to Dallas offense. I think we need to let Boris throw, but kind of like what Brian said, we need to, um, put him on the move more, not have him throw as many as deep balls, but throw the ball enough to keep um, Idaho State on their toes. Defensive reference, 
create turnovers. Like we have not created like any turnovers at all this year. Like it's been one of the reasons we have not been successful on defense. It's one of the reasons we were successful on defense in 2016. We like led the Sun Belt in turnovers. It was insane. Um, those create wins. We have not won a lot, not create a lot of turnovers. Good correlation right there. Let's create some turnovers, especially against a team that has thrown as many touchdowns as interceptions. Special teams reference. Just uh, do your job. Like, like let's just like get out of there clean. Let's not get like a block punt, a big return. Let's make our field goals. Um, you know, things that we haven't seemed to, like we haven't seemed to do like all single things in one game at all this year. So let's just finish on a nice note. Um, because I mean, these are these are the last games for for some guys. Um, and this is where I'll be playing. So Dallas, some keys to the game. Why you'll see Idaho walk out of Pocatello uh, with a dub on Saturday. So, I mean, it, on paper, uh, I think you guys have both covered it enough. On paper, this looks like it should set up for Idaho. The Bengals are down to the third string quarterback. They couldn't really throw the ball with the first string. I, now I, I would take Tyler Vanderwall on a heartbeat, but he's been injured. They They haven't been able to really throw the ball all year long. Their offense is putrid, I think is a good way to say it. Uh, they are extraordinarily injured. Malachi Rango has hardly played. Uh, Tanner Connor's putting up good numbers, even though he doesn't have a quarterback to truly throw it to him. Uh, it, there's there's so many things here that are pointing out like, yeah, this is, this is lining up great. The, the weaknesses of Idaho might not be taken advantage of by this team. So on paper... This absolutely looks like a game that the Vandals should go win and, and truly probably should win handily because if a team can't throw the ball in Idaho, I mean, that, that's that's hilariously bad. And this might be the team that can't throw it against Idaho. So it feels like, yes, this team should win and Idaho should finish out the season, get these seniors a one last victory we've seen crazy things happen and that's why I'm not as confident in it, but that is, that is sort of the key is the offensive ISU just doesn't, it, it does not match up well with what Idaho does defensively. Yeah. My take is basically echoing Dallas here. Idaho is a better team, but we've been the better team in Pocatello, like literally every year we've played other than maybe 2018 and we've lost. So I mean, don't be shocked if we lose. Like last year, I tried to come on the show, and I guess people thought I maybe was just trying to be sacrilegious. I legitimately thought we were going to lose. We lost. Uh, and I think this year, as much as we want to make fun, not make fun, but point out the obviously obvious flaws in Idaho State, passing game, running game, lots of injuries. Let's not forget Idaho is also injured. No Hayden Hatton, third-string quarterback. Uh you know, we're missing people in the secondary. So it's not like Idaho is a full strength either. And while I'd like to pick us, every team we've played said Eastern Washington, and I guess Montana State last week, but that's putting a lot of confidence in Pop Trino to learn that letting Boris throw was smart. Uh, when our only play call is a read option with Roshan Johnson and Zach Boris, we're not going to win. So unless he has confidence to throw the ball, uh, yeah, I – it's going to be that, but uh, my keys to the game are going to be in the fans that are attending. Cause I know like I've seen Nicholas, uh, Nick Davis pop up a couple times in the chat. Uh, he was a part of this last year tailgate. I know you asked about that. 
10 a.m. at Bonneville Park. It's across from Holt Arena. It's the University of Idaho one. $15 you pre-register. You can join it on Eventbrite uh, or $20 at the door. They have some food. They have a cash bar. So, you know, get right, get, you know, get all nice primed up. Get ready to go. Get loud. It's a dome. We can do it. Most important thing and the biggest takeaway, I want to let Vandal fans know. Bengal fans, turn it off. You're not going to want to hear this. So just seriously, turn it off. I'm warning you. When the university or when Idaho State is on offense and it is third down, just start yelling Idaho and they will immediately instinctually reactively, everyone around you will start yelling state. That is their comeback. Like when we play Boise state and we say Boise or they say Boise and we yell sucks. Uh, their whole thing is you yell Idaho and they're immediately going to counter it with state. The benefit is half the time, it's so just reacted and gurgitated. They don't realize that you're doing it because their team is on offense and they're supposed to be quiet. So don't yell like defense or uh, just yell Idaho and get all of Holt Arena to join in on yelling state while their offense is trying to work. So if you want to be a part of this victory, outsmart the Bengals. We know we're the flagship university in the state. They're no smarter than your average Boise State fan. So use the same old virtual tricks on them. And you you know leverage their gut reaction to just yell state at the end of Idaho to your advantage and be a part of this victory. That is the one thing I learned last year is that they will say it until you just start laughing, and it'll take them a whole nother quarter to realize why you're laughing until they go, Oh snap, he got us all game. So that's my tip. I won't be there. So someone's got to take up the mantle. I know Nick will be doing it. If you're there, Bengals on third down offense. Yell Idaho and literally watch everybody around you yell state. And you literally turn their crowd against them. It's a wonderful thing. That's all my I have key, to keys to the My key to the game really quick because we have to transition because Dallas is going to vanish. Viewers are going to notice. Listeners won't. Keys to the game. Paul Petrino needs to not lose the game for us. He needs to not call a game like he did against Montana State where every dang run is right up the middle. Idaho State it does not have the same defense that Montana State has. We need to be a little bit unpredictable. That includes not just rushing up up the middle, but also rushing along the outside. We've got fast receivers. We Sorry, we have fast running backs. We can test a team like Idaho State. We did that against Southern Utah, and it worked. That's part of how Roshan killed Southern Utah. And we need enough. We need Petrino to let Boris throw enough, again, to be unpredictable. I think shorter passes are smarter, especially relative to a dude who doesn't have a ton of prep relative to the average quarterback not a ton of prep on the season but this is his longest week with prep the this will be his first time throwing with good conditions we should expect his passes to look the best this week let's take advantage of that by calling plays that make sense for for borish but i think idaho has enough talent that provided we don't lose this game for ourselves or the other issue is if we see an effort lapse that we have seen some this season. We didn't see it last week against Montana State. That defensive effort was very strong for Idaho. We need to see that again. If if our secondary shits the bed, we could lose that game. But I, to me, we gotta we have to transition this pretty quick before Dallas has to run. Elephant in the room, guys, is Idaho State Paul Petrino's last game as head coach of Idaho. Dallas, you gotta run. You hit it first. I just about swore there. I'm going to keep it PG-ish. God damn it, I hope so. I am so sick of watching this crap. Uh, I think my thoughts have been pretty open for quite a while. 
I think this team is quite poorly coached. Um, I think whatever, what, what did you say, Brian? One and 19 on the road in the big sky. Some ridiculous number like that. I think that that lines up pretty well. Um, I think this game is going to be very interesting because I do think both of these coaches are gone at the end of the season. I think that this game is two coaches in their final hurrah and we're looking one and 13. Thank you for the correction there. I feel like this is just a, a game where it's looking for hope that things are going to be better. And that's, that's really all that's gotten me through these last few weeks, honestly, ever since the Eastern loss and the Montana loss and the countless other embarrassing losses, the there the hope on the horizon is what's gotten me through this. And I do truly believe other people are seeing the same things that I am. Other people are seeing the same things that the people in the chat are saying. It's time to move on. And I I hope like hell that we get some announcement over the weekend that we're starting in a new direction. And and that's that's all I've honestly got to look forward to here. Uh, I don't believe Idaho wins this game. I do believe that it's fantasy's last game and home field. They're going to fight like hell for him because apparently he's a likable guy. He's just not a good football coach. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if Petrino's gone or not. If he is, maybe, maybe our guys are fighting super hard, harder than normal because it's his final game. But for me, I, I hope like hell, this is it for us. Fair sentiments, Dallas. We appreciate you joining us. Go enjoy your costume party. Oh, yes. I got to go uh, save a princess from a dragon or I don't know. Yeah. Don't, I don't As, for those of you that don't know, stuff. Dallas didn't tell us what it is, but when he showed up in a Mario onesie for the for the listeners, that's just what I assumed it he is. meant by I have a hard out. Oh, it's just a hoodie. It's just, oh. a, it's just a hoodie. It's not a onesie. It is just a hoodie. But <laughs> anyways. Uh, Thank you guys. We'll talk on Saturday, I think. Who knows? Probably. We could talk twice. We'll see. We could talk instant... twice this weekend. That's true. That is very true. Or our instant reaction could be, you know, Sunday or Monday. It's it's happened. So uh anyways, Godspeed, gentlemen. Deuces. Uh I guess I can go next on this. Um my kind of take is I mean, I've People probably picked up on me being pretty mute on the subject. Uh, my just stance is I just don't I'm not in the business of calling for people's jobs. I'm not a football coach for obvious reasons. Like, so for me, it's just been hard. Now, I think analytically, quant something in my industry we always talk about is your goal should be quantity, you know, uh, quantifiable. We all talked about it in the beginning of the show. So just to bring it back to what we talked about, week preview episode was what we thought the win total was for him to be safe. And I, without having that episode pre-listened to, because I don't think it's necessary, I think four uh, was not on anybody's list. I think probably the minimum was five. I think most of us said pushing the playoffs, 500, some kind of, for, yeah, Boatman had six, but he'll, we'll get to him in a second to probably elaborate. But like, we all had much higher numbers. So for me, this season was over. This coaching regime, in my opinion, became no longer salvageable when those numbers were no longer able to be met. I was willing as a long-term holdout of Petrino, someone that probably put too much stock in 2016, that he's 
I've always said he was Delta Hard Rock. He came into the job as an independent with a bunch of APR issues that AKE left us. Then he had to transition to the Sun Belt, which is just a terrible fit for us as a conference, but he did it and was able to place pretty damn well in it and get us to a bowl game. Uh, not remembering that the year before that in 2015, they won four games. and It got a lot of flack at the time, but he was spot on. We were very close. I know that was a running joke in 2015, that very close. That's what he says for everything. But he was right. In 2016, we won nine games, the most we had ever done at the FBS level. 2017, we're Matt Linehan injury away from going to repeat bowls. Uh, and I get that you can't do that. Uh, and then I think this is where my critique of Petrino became very unsalvageable. I still gave him the benefit of the doubt of dropping down to the big sky. Uh, but for me, it was just the fact that he gambled on, in my opinion, the Mason Petrino thing, and it started in 2017 when we had made, uh, Colton Richardson still, and we had a chance to make a bowl, and he decided to make that move to start him in the last three games. Um, for me, I think that was the part that I was like, you're going to really have to coach your ass off. If you know you're secure, you know we don't have the buyout, and you know we have a transition in power. In my mind, whether it's right or wrong, he knew this. He thought, I can sacrifice that and have a couple down years because I think I can turn it around regardless. And it did not turn around. We've had two seasons now without Mason, which is the big thing for a lot of people. And it has not turned around. It's arguably worse. So I think for me, that is what sowed it for me. I gave him, all right, whatever. He did a selfish thing, knowing he could get away with it. And that is unforgivable. But as a coach, I think he could still win. He has proven that he cannot win. Um, so for me, I would understand if a move is made is, is my take on, you know, the whole idea. Uh, Mr. Marceau. You're muted. Okay. I need to fire myself. He's got to go, man. It just jury has to be in. Well, when, and I, I, I expect this is his last game, which means I expect we're going to have a reaction episode to the news that he's gone. I'll, I'll go into, you know, adjudicating the entire time. But, I mean, Idaho has become kind of, Idaho is at the level in Big Sky discourse that, like, Montana school, people who support Montana, Montana State Eastern, they, they talk about how they wish Idaho was good. That's a pretty flooring lack of respect. I don't mean it's put down. Like, if we were competitive and they were concerned about us, they would not be talking about how they, they hope Idaho becomes good. That's just like how, how bad people, it's been. How people root for Eric Berrier to be the last Eastern quarterback, for the quarterback well to dry up at Eastern. Like, we know this because we talk about it, but, yeah, to your point, like, people are, like, happy when Eastern makes a national championship. But, like, during the season, most people are always like, yeah, but this is Eastern's last hurrah. Like, you know, we selfishly try to pretend to put them down. Or you see it with Montana yeah. all the time. Because people are fearful of what they are at their strength. Idaho exactly. is not even – there's no fear. No, there's no fear in Idaho. The fear is how bad we can potentially look and in spite of having talents. No, this this just has to be it. If, again, one winning season, I'm fine erasing the first two because that, that was a real rehab job. That should be acknowledged talking about him. But if he's not done after four years of the same stuff, our ceiling's four wins, three D1 wins, I don't know what, what could possibly – be cause for in terms of you know record wise if this isn't enough to get rid of them i don't know what possibly could be to salvage and it to salvage idaho's fan base to get energy back into the program he he's too toxic it just has to be done i would be worried about attendance next year without it to be honest i mean i'll be there 
You're saying what? Sorry, you. It was a little quiet. You're saying you'd be worried about attendance if he's back next year. If he is back, because for those just to put the facts out for everyone that isn't as in this as everyone else, his contract does still run through next year. This would be a buyout situation. Money would have to be raised, and you know we would still be paying him. So it is not that his contract ran out and we're just deciding not to renew it. This is a we are actively buying him out, which means there is that argument for the university, especially with budget crisis and COVID that there is that argument to keep him. And you have to be aware of that argument. And I'm just saying, as a fan, I will renew my season tickets. But as we've already kind of hit on in this episode, everybody is not us. Uh, so I, we've seen it in previous games. Uh, I would be worried about attendance if he is not let go. But uh, that's you know for the athletic department to figure out, not me. But I agree with you that like, for excitement in this fan base, I would be scared to see what the excitement level is next fall with uh, continuing um, image. Uh, Boatman, he was your coach. You've actually been in the locker room with him. Um, what's your, I don't know, take this as an analyst, a player, an alumni, however you want to spin it, or anything you think we missed. I'll take the uh, factual approach on this. Um so like back, I'd said he needed to win five or six games, right, to to be around. Um, we haven't done that, um, but I will. Hit, I'll hit on the fact that. So yeah, his contract expires June 30, twenty twenty three. So you're looking at a nineteen month window from now until then. Um, I will say most coaches in college football, college athletics in general, do not enter the last year of their contract. Um because of recruiting, right? Every other school can walk into a living room of where we're recruiting against. Like Eastern can walk into player X's living room in, in Seattle and say, Hey, they haven't his contract yet. You want to go play for a lame duck coach? Like that's, that's why coaches never enter the last year of their contract. So, right. Chris is right. This is a buyout situation. If this does happen, um, do we have the money? I mean, you know, we all well know our budgetary restrictions since we've moved to FCS and as the university as a whole, Grant Scott Green um, has done a fantastic job on the university side, but the athletic department does not generally reflect the university budget. Um, is this his last game? Like, if I was a betting man. Um, but you are. I On certain things, Chris. I only dabble in the UFC these days, okay? Alex only bets in things that are absolutely appropriate relative to his professional aspirations. I can vouch for this 100%. Yeah, UFC, you boxing, on, the on ponies. Bachelor. The, the ponies. The, I bet on the ponies. <laughs> Catch me on Kentucky Derby weekend. I'll give you some winners. I usually do. Who's getting a um, rose in the bachelor season finale? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but if I was a betting man, I, I would say if I had to like make a line, I would I lean this heavily towards he's not coming back. That's just, that's just the writing on the wall of what I, of what I'm guessing. Um, because I feel like we would have heard news of a contract extension by now if he was to stick around and coaches under the last year. So that's just kind to of put in perspective. Fantasy got extended after the spring, like yeah, he was and coming into a lane duck year, and they extended right. him for right. basically what we touched on. So yeah. I mean, it would it would have to be being announced here like in the next week or two before national signing day um, in December, um, or would have already had it been announced. Hasn't been announced yet. I'm just gonna read between the lines and say I don't think he's back. If that's the case. We'll get into that at a later date. This is the Idaho State preview. Um, but I do know, I will say as part of that, if this is his last game, um, 
a lot of those players in that locker room will play their ass off for him. Um, they will, they, they will respect him for that. Um, and I, if so, if we do come back here on Sunday or Monday, uh, I'll break, I'll break down more on, you know, on where we're at, but you know, I know guys will play their ass off for him. So I guess that's the way for me to transition this into prediction time. Yeah. Prediction time, Idaho, Idaho state, Dallas, hitting them with a 2120 ISU mm. pick. Maybe mm. a little bit of last year's juju. Mm. Where I remember getting this, the side glances mm. from Mr. Hammer and I believe Mr. Marceau when I picked ISU. But then like being the only one not shocked when we lost. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know why we thought we were going to win. Uh, it looks like maybe that rubbed off on Mr. Dallas. Uh, Marceau gets to pick last. So we'll see if uh, he believes the same. Look, I'm a big believer in trends. This game, I think, is such a trend breaker because it's senior night for Idaho State. It's a rivalry for Idaho State. Two of those things usually mean throw a record out the door. Uh, but it's a little bit harder. You see it in Cat Grays all the time. When your rival is senior night, the other team is equally up for it. We're like what we saw with Southern Utah. They weren't equally up for it because it wasn't senior night. Um, that's hard. I think we've touched on it. I think both coaches could be coaching for the job. I think Fennessey's extension makes him a little less fireable because Idaho State, I'm not sure, has the uh, – the university isn't going to pay for either of these buyouts. It's going to be boosters. I don't think Idaho State has as engaged or as infuriated boosters as Idaho has. Um, yeah, so I, I – man, my heart is telling me this should be an Idaho State pick. But I just think Boatman's right. There's going to be something extra from the Idaho Vandals. I will just flop Dallas's score 21 20 Idaho. Um, we're not kicking field goals, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Sagarin makes Idaho State a one and a half point favorite if they were to make this line based off of analytics. I'm not sure what anyone else, how the other analytics sites would use this, but give me the Vandals. You know, give me give me twenty eight to fourteen. Give me the Vandals heading heading on down to Pocatello, getting the dub. Chris, you're right about the spring, the Idaho State game. Now we, of course, talked about this. We got like the worst quarterback completion percentage any of us will ever see. What Nikhil Nair just had a rough game, and I don't know if we, if he completed four more passes that game and was not not even fifty percent. He was just about like thirty three percent. We probably win that game. I think Idaho State, that was ugly as hell for them losing at Cal Poly. Cal Poly, they're getting better. Bo Baldwin is turning his version of a corner, meaning that when Cal Poly plays a bad team, there's a chance they win. But I I watched that game, a little bit of it. Idaho State was, I think they're falling apart. I think playing BYU at the end doesn't help them, but they're on a third stringer who I don't think Sagan Grown Howard would make Idaho's roster. Like, this isn't where our third stringer, Boris, like, you see where the talent is and why a team would have faith in him, whether quarterback somewhere else. But you, you see, great athlete. You understand why that works, even as our third stringer. I don't see that in Cronauer. I think Idaho, and we've also seen this through Paul's time in the big sky, Idaho doesn't really have this string of terrible losses. We lost at Northern Colorado. That's by far our worst loss, and that was a face plant loss that we should have won. I think Idaho's going to win this 
31-13. The 13 is not too many field goals. It's a missed two-point conversion. <laughs> All right, I missed that. You have Idaho winning? Yeah. Okay, so Boatman or Dallas, the only one picking the Bengals. Dallas Dallas does have to get out, go out on a limb here a couple times if he wants to catch the professor. Well, he's one behind me. We'll get there. No, but th- this is this is the one place that we're really going to oh. diverge, which is I have faith in Idaho based off what I saw last week. Of uh, sure. there's that was a good performance. We need to be less conservative offensively, but parts of the game came together. We play that game against Idaho State. We beat the shit out of them. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's Around the Bar brought to you by Hughes River Expedition. If you're looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States, located right here in the great state of Idaho. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the middle fork of the salmon, the main salmon river of no return, the salmon river canyons, or the Selway. You can even take special trips like the one to see the Perseid meteor shower, camp on pristine beaches, run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, take in history all along the river's edge. Oh, and you get a fish some of the remote stretches of river in the entire country. You just bring your clothes and let HRE handle the rest. Hughes River Expedition has been vandaloned and operated since 1976 and ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the gem state. Call them now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. Watching the TV, a.k.a. Pick the Big Sky, uh, Boatman and Brian went 5-1 and one last week. Chris went 4-2. and two. Dallas went 6-0. and oh. That brings the standings to Chris at 59-23. and 23. Boatman at 64-18. and 18. Dallas at 68-14, and 14, pulling in with one game. And Mr. Brian Marceau at 69-13. and 13. Reminder this week, I'm trying to go 0-6. And, and if I do, it's worth double points. We talked about it last week. So keep that in mind that maybe I meant to pick Idaho State. Forgot about it till I saw these standings. My goal was to see if I could go 0-6 and, and do better than I normally pick as I'm in last place for the last week of the season. Uh, Northern Arizona at Cal Poly. Northern ooh, Cal Poly. <laughs> this guy's uh, got to keep. Oh, and this, Dallas picked NAU. This guy's going to have to keep catching himself. Ooh, interesting. Any guesses on what Sagarin makes this line? Six and a half. Four for NAU. A little closer than I would think, but yeah, give me the Lumberjacks. <laughs> San Luis Obispo on a nice day. Brian? The thing that's different in this game is Northern Colorado's R.J. Martinez. Northern Arizona, good God, Northern Colorado. Northern Arizona's R.J. Martinez very likely out against Montana last week, losing 30-3. to Honestly, Northern Arizona played a group of guys, Kale Millen and Nico Hine. Neither of they combined for 14 of 32 for 99 yards. So good God. Uh, Martinez plays. This is a no-brainer. NAU. But again, I don't trust Cal Poly. They look good against Idaho State, but we already talked about that. So NAU. Northern Colorado at Weber State. Weber State coming off a butt kicking after getting their butt kicked. Well, not butt kicked, but losing to a team they shouldn't have lost to. Weber State season is in shambles. I have to go in six this week. Northern Colorado. Bowman? Well, you're you're saying that they shouldn't have lost a top five Portland State? Oh, dang, that's you're a, right. My apologies. That's a slap in the I'll, face of the I'll Vikings. Stick with, I'll stick with my pick. You're, you are correct. Um, um, Sagarin makes us a 14-point spread in favor of Weaver State. I, I do agree. Uh, give me the Wildcats. 
Brian? I want to see if Northern Colorado can repeat the performance that Southern Utah had. Justin Miller, who we've said, quarterback Southern Utah, we've said nice things about on the show because he looks good sometimes. End of the first half, he had three completions to Southern Utah and three completions to Weber State. That's how that's how much Weber State walked over Southern Utah. I think Dylan McCaffrey has it in him too. It's probably not going to be like three picks to three completions, but sub three yards per attempt, absolutely on the table. No question. That's that's always on the table talking Northern Colorado football t- today. So Weber State, easy win. Next up, Eastern Washington at Portland State in the damn cup. Goal is to go 0-6. Eastern Washington. Oh, Chris. Going a little, get a little frisky in the damn cup. I just wanted to say damn cup. I was like, "What here? How to say it?" Yeah, so it's just a, it's just it's a damn just, cup just in Portland, Eastern yeah. in Hillsborough, Hillsboro, but close I, enough. I think they're already writing their checks to the playoff. And might uh, we'll see. Also, um, probably could be really wrong. <laughs> wait, who did who did they play last week? UC Davis. UC I Davis blanked. in the Fog Bowl, the soups. Yeah, um, you know. Eastern's eleven and a half point favorites, uh, according to Sagarin. Um, I'll ride with the I'll ride with the Eagles over the top five Portland State Vikings. Let down spot for them after a big home big win versus Weber. Well, the letdown came last week too because they lost to Sacramento State and oh, really Portland State lost to Sacramento State last week. I forget last week really happened game. at all. It's just it like not in my mind. Do they not have FCS football in Pittsburgh? <laughs> What are they doing last Saturday? CBS Sportsnet, not ESPN. It's a blur. It's a, last Saturday was a blur. Jumping back in, here's the thing. Eastern Washington was on what people thought of as a skid. I, on this show, said, no, not a skid. There was rough matchups, and they were not awful teams they lost to. They beat Davis 38-20, nearly doubled them up. Ian Schumacher gets fired from Eastern Washington as offensive coordinator. He signs. He resigned. He was. We we know he it was. He was fired. Go. We. Yeah. yeah, I'm fine. He was fired. I mean, bureaucratically, he was not fired, but we all know he was fired. Eastern does fine with Pat McCann. Next man up. Barrier back to over 400 yards. Three three passing touchdowns. Portland State. They saw their ceiling against Weber. It's all downhill. I'm not gonna have to live in a world where Portland State finishes five and three in conference. Eastern wins. Next up. Sac State at UC Davis. This one will come to a shocker to many who listen, but not if you just read the results. Uh, I will be picking UC Davis in this one. Because you think Sac State's going to win? Chris! Brian, Brian. I may have turned a new leaf on Sac State. We we need to call an ambulance to, to Chris's house real quick. He's having a heart attack. It only took like seven wins in a row. It only took every – yeah, Chris still isn't sold on, on Sacks hate. Um, I'll get to this in my last – the last game we'll preview. I want nothing more than for Sac State to win this conference outright just because it would be so funny after this whole year of – Oh, Eastern this, Weber that, Montana this, Montana State that, even fondling over UC Davis. Don't remember Montana's big win in the spring against Portland State. Let us know that Montana was exactly what everybody feared they would be in the big sky. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, like, like, this. How, <laughs> how funny would it be, right? Like, we have nothing more to to look forward to as Vandal fans this year, besides maybe the tears of everyone else in, in the big sky. Um, so I would just find it hilarious if Sac State won this conference outright. They are for the first Sagarin, time in years, not including the COVID season. Yeah, Sa- um, Sagarin does make them a two-point underdog, one and a half on the road, long road trip from Sacramento to, to Davis, California. But give me singers up, baby. Singers up. Go Hornets. Take down the Maggies. I'm not impressed with UC Davis either way. Like, what have they who have they really beat? Besides, like, what's their best win? Beaver. Tulsa's their best win on the season. First week, they beat Tulsa 19 to 17. They beat Weber in their fourth week of the Tulsa's season. Tulsa's not making a bowl game. Well, dude, dude you asked who their best win I was. I know, but I'm saying, I'm saying, like, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, that win looked great when it happened, but now when you, like, look, start looking at these Weber and Tulsa wins in, like, retrospect. Yeah. Like, like, like the Washington Huskies. That was still a good win for an FCS team, though. Do you know what I mean? Washington has yeah. – they have a handful. This isn't – a good one, though, Chris, UNLV Eastern, no wins for UNLV. That UNLV would not win the Big Sky. They would not come close to winning the Big Sky. Right. Uh, but, hey, great win for Eastern, so good, right? Yeah. If, good one. if we haven't got into the brawl, let's say it goes Montana's way, Sac State does win like Boatman said. This will be the first solo champion in the Big Sky since who and what year? Southern Utah, 2017. Southern Utah, 2015. How oh, funny God. would that be? The team we kick out was the last solo champion, and then it was commuter school, Sac State. Well, that's um, why we kicked them out. Brian, sorry, your <laughs> pick was uh, Sac, correct? I haven't touched my pick. Uh, seriously, <laughs> dude, UC Davis has not actually had many games they've looked great in no. really since beating Weber. They barely beat us. They lost Idaho State. Sure, they beat Northern Colorado. They're terrible. Cal Poly was competitive against against UC Davis. I'm not sold on Davis. And also, as far as impressive wins, Sac State doesn't have an army of them beating Montana in Montana's their best. Although last week, they beat Portland State 49-20, to picked off Davis Alexander three times. Davis Alexander is certainly better than whatever UC Davis is going to try trot out, whether it's Hastings or Hunter Rodriguez. Sac State's figured out their quarterback thing as well as they're going to this year. Dunaway's passing well. Astro Harris running well. I'm picking. I'm picking Sacramento State, and I've got fingers crossed, Chris, that you're right. We get repeat back-to-back Sacramento State championships this time. Complete Sac State with outright champion, and they will have first-round loss in the playoffs. Well, they'd have bye if they win the league, but they'd have first game of the playoff loss written all over them once again. Mm-hmm. I mean, so quick, people are worried about Sac State getting clowned in the playoffs. I think we'd be more worried about UC Davis getting clowned in the playoffs. Like, like I just don't think – I think they're just – they're treading water. Like, like they've, they've just won those close games you need to win, like versus like the Weepers lost those close games you need to win kind of thing. Um, and I just think I'm worried about UC Davis getting clowned in the playoffs, honestly. I think, I think Troy Taylor and Andy Thompson, if you listen to how they really coach – Andy Thompson, the DC at Sac State, he really has free reign over everything they do on defense. Troy Taylor doesn't touch anything on defense. They have to just seem they know who they are and they do it well. It took them a couple games, took that past that Northern Iowa game to kind of figure out who they were. But once they did, like hell of a coaching job by those two because like it's it's been pretty good. Sound like the bookmakers of the 2016 Potato Bowl. Uh, next one up, brawl of the wild, the big one, Grizz Cat Cat Grizz. I guess. 
We'll be uh, politically correct on this show. Um, it is Cat Grizz until the Grizz take back the uh, the right to be named first. So in Cat Grizz, is that is that how it works? I didn't know. I never knew it that. It is on this show now. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> we refer to the current champion, and uh, for four straight years now, we will five straight years we'll be referring to it as Cat Grizz again. Uh, big game, Root Sports. We hinted on it when we were talking about our rivalry. If you just like football, watch this freaking game. There's my, my plug. Montana State's won a bunch. Montana State has an ability, realistically so, for those of you that don't follow the FCS, though they will have one more loss than uh, Sam Houston State. Sam Houston only played 10 games this year, so they have the same amount of wins. In the committee's eyes, the FBS loss would not count against Montana State, meaning they would have identical FCS D1 wins as, in terms of a playoff resume with a way more impressive win against Montana at the end of the year than Sam Houston against Eastern Kentucky or Abilene Christian this weekend, meaning Montana State is actually playing for a number one seed in the playoffs to run through Bozeman. Montana State, if or Montana, if win, have a shot to possibly creep into maybe the seven or eight seed spot. I still think it's highly unlikely, but it's possible. Um, so this game has a lot on the line for both possible seeding for Montana state or Montana, Montana state. If they lose, they're still going to be seeded, but they have a possibility to go into this as the number one team in the FCS and probably rightfully so owning that moniker for, you know, people that are unaware of what's on the line here today um, or Saturday. It's in Missoula. I, I have picked Montana, I think, the last three years, just thinking that Montana State in those years were not the better team. I thought Montana was. I really was a Dalton Sneed fan. Uh, they had a Cam and Torre where I just felt like Montana State was kind of what we just described UC Davis being, just kind of surviving a lot of close games. Montana State is probably the best team in the big – is the best team in the big sky talent-wise, is probably a top-four team in the FCS – Makes me really want to lean Montana. I know the game day thing probably has them deflated. I think they will show up kind of pissed off. This one is really, really hard. But because I have consistently picked the better team, in my opinion, and they have lost because it is a rivalry game. And I'm not sure vegan gets it where Hauk is extra, extra, extra pissed because he doesn't even get that shot at Choate. I just don't see Montana losing this game. I will take the Grizz. Wait, like, wait, Chris, remember your picks here. Oh, yeah, sorry. Montana State wins because they're the best team, and I always pick the best team to no, win this, there you go. and they always lose. So I will be go. taking the Bobcats. You're, well, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you're welcome. you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Sagarin makes Montana State a two and a half point favorite on the roads here in Missoula. Um, yeah, that game day thing. I guess we haven't really talked about it on this show. I mean, that was such a campaign. I was pretty sure it was going to happen. Um, instead, they're going to Columbus, Ohio to just watch Ohio State absolutely boat race Michigan State on Saturday. Like, I'm sorry, it is going to be a blowout. They're 20 point dogs. So I do find it kind of funny that that's what they chose to go to instead um, and watch a blowout happen. Um, Montana State. Montana State's going to lose. I'm not like you're telling. Like they just played. Like Idaho had multiple chances to win that game. They're pretty hurt. They're pretty banged up. 
give me the Grizz, man. Like I think this game just means more to him right now. Like, like I think they have more, they have more on the line after the way this season's gone. Um, it's more of a Montana State doesn't want to lose, but Montana really wants to win. So give me the team that's a little hungrier. Hungry dog runs faster. Give me the Grizz. Mr. Marceau, the Montanan himself. Oh, man, dude, this is so tough to me because we talked about it on our show. Montana State has not surrendered more than 20 points the entire year, and they did it to a great Eastern Washington offense. That's who put up 20 against them. The Grizz have an absolutely abominable offense. Montana State will not have trouble get, keeping the score from Montana low. But we also saw, good Lord, Matt McKay, has he fallen apart for Montana State, their quarterback from North, transfer from North Carolina State as the season's gone on? First half of the season against their awful teams, he looked all right. Against Idaho, I mean, did, did he even look like he would have made our roster based off of what we've seen out of our out of our quarterbacks? I, I don't think the way Matt McKay looked against us, he'd make our roster if he did. There's not a prayer he'd play. So there's real concern to me that Montana State has a they, – they could commit some turnovers in this game, and that's how Montana sets himself up to score. But Montana State has just been so steady. That he, sure they're fine being conservative sometimes they they can't they're not passing well. It really is going to depend on how Fonse's health is to me. But I'm going to pick I'm going to pick Montana State just because they've been steady even in wins that even in their good wins like against Weber State that was a not they didn't look that impressive, but they controlled that game. Eastern they controlled the game they only won one by three but that's probably the most impressive Big Sky win of the season Montana State at Eastern. So I hate to say it I'm picking the Bobcats. All right. Uh, Brian, I believe you are pulling a Dallas on us. So, adios. Talk to you Saturday, maybe Sunday as well. Go Vandals, um, guys. Go Vandals. Uh, and that's really it for us. So, closing the bar, patreon.com. No better time to get involved in our Discord. Basketball that's part of just being a Patreon member at this point. Patreon.com backslash time to the club. Uh, we have a Discord channel. If you've, some of you are members and haven't reached out or didn't miss the email, whatever, let us know. Uh, we talk the game on there. Uh, we share a little bit more information. We have threads to everything, football, game talk, everything. So just join. It's kind of fun. Like, let alone, it's like basically having like all vandals in your pocket, but with like people that you can actually hold a little bit accountable. Cause like, you know, it's not avatars. So be, I guess be aware of that too. Um, Bowman, anything you want to hit on before we just totally wrap it up at an hour and 20 something minutes, man, it's been a, it's been a hell of a season. I feel like we just were sitting down, uh, back in uh july and august or you know previewing this upcoming season and so can't believe it's over it feels like we're sitting down in like february yeah we've had two seasons happen like we've had two seasons happen so so quickly um it's been weird so i guess now like i guess you know we're we're, everyone's kind of pissed off at how the season's gone want to be over but now folks we you got to live for nine months without vandal football I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Like, obviously, like, it, I mean, I think it's a bad thing just because, like, I love we it. care about it so much, right? We love it. So it's why we're here. It's why we talk about it. It's why you guys all listen. So, um, and for those of you who are seniors, thank you. For those of you who are parents of seniors, thank you. Um, always, always have a place in Moscow. It's home. Uh, it's kind of crazy, right? It's like we're 2022. Say goodbye to we, a lot of big players. Um, we might, we might have a new head coach. Like 
we haven't done this in nine years, Chris. Like it's it's been a long time. Like he is the longest. He's coached more seasons um, than anyone else for Vandals ever. Think about that. So yep. it, it's it's weird. Sidelines more than anybody else. A lot of conference changes um, that he's dealt with, and so I guess we'll get into that later. But it's like, yeah, I I, I just don't. It's like a whole a whole storybook chapter is is ending with this game, um, probably yeah. on the University of Idaho football program, which is just so bizarre. Yeah. Scheduling note for everybody, just so you know, like programming. Uh, we will be doing a live show, and despite what Dallas said, I will be here Saturday. Ooh, what time's the game? We play at uh, one for you. Cat Grizz starts at noon for you. I will be, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to Moscow for the Washington State-Idaho basketball game and then attending Wazoo versus Arizona football. I plan on driving back Saturday. Friday, so- right? Yeah, so I plan on driving back Saturday. So you get the sweet, the sweet voice of Chris King and Buck Cowan. Cowan jumping through all. I'm gonna have to get my little, a little post-it note out and write down all the stations as you drive through, like Grangeville, Riggins, Riggins. Because you're gonna have to keep switching Council. Because everybody's always like, just play it on your app. I'm like, you have obviously not driven through Whitefield. There's no 14. You've never been through Council, Council Idaho. Okay. Yeah, because not using 95, they're blowing out all the rock, or uh, 55, they're blowing out all the rock. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, so I will be driving and listening to the game. I will try to partake in the post game for whatever it means, but we will have a live post game, yeah, like we normally should and do it. It's been a long year. I mean, we covered football, we covered on two seasons within six months, but um, if there is news on the coaching front, expect us to have an episode out relatively once we can all be like. I'm at the grocery store. Give me 20 minutes to get home, you know, kind of stuff. So like if it breaks, we probably won't go live that second, but like we'll probably tweet out and keep you guys up to date. Cause I think most, as we touched on, most of us are expecting news. I think most of you are expecting news and uh, probably will want to talk some stuff out live. So we'll do that. That does not change that. We will still be back next Tuesday for our regular review show uh, where we will probably take some of our takes from the preseason or just talk about how the season went. Um, so yeah, expect episode a Saturday. A lot of tubs content the next yeah, week. Possibly, yeah, like packed. And then Martin's yeah. already doing women's basketball, and then Dallas and Brian. And then I'm actually been watching. So possibly me if they'll have me. We look be, like we could be alive. Like we might have a yeah. pulse. For those of you that haven't watched the men's team, Fresno State is supposed to be upper echelon mid big, uh, Mountain West school, and we went toe to toe with them on their place. Apparently, George Fox, I was unaware of this, is actually a good D2 school. So, like, that win, actually, though it was closer than we wanted, not bad. So, like, just saying, maybe give them a shot. I've been watching the new arena alone has made it exciting. Um, so, yeah, we will have more Tubbs content coming. We have basketball on the way. Uh, we usually keep a, at least biweekly, kind of, like, football, general Idaho news for, like, Boatman and I because we haven't been involved in basketball. We're usually, we're still on a couple episodes talking about recruiting like signing day is less than a month away or about a month away. So like there's football content still coming to the season never ends. We're and not if, going anywhere. And so if there's might, a new head, if there's a new head coach, right. Like a, is going to, that could be a whole nother, like we just don't know. Like it's just, it's yeah. stay tuned, stay tuned for even more football content. Yep. Who knows? So you could get us, if you listen, you get us Thursday, Saturday, possibly Saturday again, maybe Sunday, maybe Monday. We don't know. Uh, and then Tuesday we'll have a normal live show. But if you listen, you then you listen on Thursday. So what we're saying is you're going to get real sick of us in the next seven yes. days. Um, but hopefully you guys enjoy it. Anyways, that's I think that's about it. We've filibustered for five minutes on programming. 
I mean, uh, it's going to be a lot. I mean, who knows? Maybe we, Chris, just a quick idea of producing live. Maybe even we kind of get circled back occasionally and, and check in on the Big Sky play on the on the FCS playoffs. I feel like yeah, we, we're going to have quite a few big we're going to have quite a few Big Sky teams in. I feel yeah. like we talk Look, about them every week. So Brian and Dallas love basketball. Yeah. Football Not guys. as much a fan. Boatman and I will be bored and we will We're be finding guys. a way to bring you football content. So I gotta, I gotta update the Mountaineer <laughs> Minute somehow. I don't know how the listeners are gonna get the, the content they come for, Chris. They come for the Mountaineer Minute every week. And look at that. Live. We filibustered so long. We got a Patreon. Tom Kendall, welcome to the team. I don't even know what token you got, but I'm so excited to check. Discord invite coming to you soon. We saw Nick Weber talk about how he's accountable for the Discords. Hell yeah, you are. We're keeping track of everything. Anyways, that's it. That was a joke for those that weren't kidding. Join Tom and Nick's lead and go join the Patreon. Go Vandals. Beat those mother-loving Bengals down in that. University of Idaho Southern Branch sucks. Sucks. Go Vandals. And see, live producing. Extra. Colby a cup. So raise your glass and have a drink with me. Here's to the vandals in the crap. I'll just out there living the dream. Part of one and only Moscow drinking tea.